0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford. He is the one and only Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. Wes, our final show of the week, our final show before the Monday night showdown in Minneapolis. Packers-Vikings at U.S. Bank Stadium on Monday night football. So it's time to talk keys to victory. What do the Packers need to do to emerge victorious and... Clinch their first NFC North title for the first time in three years.
1: Whoever is running the ball for the Minnesota Vikings, stop that individual. (laughs) So if it's Delvin Cook, Alexander Madison, Matt, Mike Boone, Robert Smith, Adrian Peterson, whoever is back there for the (laughs) Vikings, yeah, make sure you stay on top of it because the the thing is, is that I think by all accounts, Cook is not playing in this game. Mike Zimmer has not said that, but again, those are what all the reports are. We'll see what. Happens in the lead up to kickoff. Yeah. But Alexander Madison not practicing this week. Now the spotlight is on Mike Boone. And you really don't know exactly who's going to be back there, what they're going to do. The thing I like, though, if you can stop the running back, whoever that guy is, that's where you're making Kirk Cousins win this game for the Vikings. And don't get me wrong. He's certainly capable of doing that but the less dimensions he has to work with and the fewer weapons that there are available, it's going to behoove the Packers in their defense.
0: Yeah, and I don't have a whole bunch of statistics in front of me, but I've seen things and read things over the course of this season for as strong a season as Cousins is having, and he's having the best season of his career with a 111 passer rating. He's only thrown five interceptions. Two of those came against the Packers in yep. Week 2, but he's only thrown three interceptions since Week 2. Kirk Cousins is much, much better off of play action and that bootleg stuff than if he's just a straight drop back pass right. or taking snaps in the shotgun without all the other action that makes you know the, the defense have to honor other things. I think that can be said for a lot of quarterbacks. I'm not trying to pick on Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers looks a heck of a lot better off of play action as well. We've talked about that. But that just goes to your point of whoever it is that's running the ball for the Vikings, if you can clamp down there and take away some of the the play action and bootleg stuff that is such a big part of the Vikings offense and the action that they get off of those maneuvers I think that does put the Packers defense in a pretty good position
1: well and again the Mike Spofford let's be real moment of the week sponsored by Quick Trip uh (laughs) the Packers the thing is is that Delvin Cook is a dynamic football player. Oh, yeah. He's been voted to the Pro Bowl for a reason. So we saw him,
0: we saw him bust off a seventy-five yard touchdown run here at Lambeau Field when his team was down twenty-one to nothing.
1: Still as long as carry of the year, by the way, too. Yeah. Uh but here's the thing is that if Cook is unable to play, the Packers need to make this game look like Delvin Cook is not playing in it. You can't let the next guy up, whether it's Madison Boone or whoever, be a you know, come in and, and feel really confident. They've been doing a really solid job. I think the last two, three games of not allowing explosive plays and for the most part limiting the damage that running backs have been doing. I think you're seeing Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry and that defensive front really gel together and, and get some really good, solid, uh, you know, tackling at the second level is, is, you know, kind of played into all that. And if the Packers can win that aspect of this and get Aaron Jones going on their own side of the ball. I talk and I I mention over and over again trying to take the crowd out of it at U.S. Bank Stadium, eliminating explosive plays and drawing this thing out is the number two, top two things that I think kind of fit into that recipe for for success.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, when you talk about taking the crowd out of it, I mean there there's there's nothing better than hitting an explosive play, staying out of those third down situations offensively. And nothing is going to slow down the pass rush. Daniil Hunter, Everson Griffin going against Brian Balaga, David Bakhtiari. Nothing's going to slow down that edge rush more than getting that running game going for the Packers. If you can get the Vikings to have to honor the run, you know... Aaron Rodgers, if he's got an extra half a second, an extra three-quarters of a second because those pass rushers have to play a little bit of run on the way to the quarterback, as some folks like to say, I think that can make a huge difference here. And the other thing I think that, that goes without saying is obviously the turnover battle, which sure. we can get into some of those numbers as well.
1: Yeah, and this is, I, to be honest with you, Aaron Jones's performance in that first game against Minnesota, 23 carries for 116 yards, 5 yards of carries, his longest carry was 15 yards in that ball game, yeah. though. So to go for a bu- to go you?
0: for a buck 16 with your longest carry being 15, that me mean, that means you were pretty steady, pretty consistent, and a and a regular mover of the chain. Yeah,
1: and to do that at five yards a clip, I mean that shows you that there weren't a whole lot of one and two yard carries in there. That is them consistently winning on first and second down. Yeah. And when you think about the start they got off to in that game, Mike, three straight offensive touchdowns, being able to turn over a football. That is, I think, what kind of set the table for them to have the day that they did. got to repeat that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. With regard to the turnovers, I think, as we've been talking all week long, it goes without saying, especially anytime you go on the road, you go into a dome in a noisy venue, and you look at this Vikings defense. They are, I believe it's fourth in the league with 27 takeaways. They're coming off of a seven-takeaway outing against the Chargers. The Packers are a few steps behind them in the rankings, either 6th or 7th in the league with 23. I mean, some of the numbers get skewed a little bit. As I said, the Vikings just had seven takeaways in one game. and right. You know, things got out of hand against the Chargers. The Packers got two takeaways last week, one on a Hail Mary at the end of the half, the other one on, you know, the uh, the multilateral final play of the game. But you can, you can parse the numbers and, and say what's misleading and whatever, any, any which way you want to. I think the Packers have to win the turnover battle in order to win this game. I just I just think that they're the great equalizer when you have a lot of other things going against you and I think with the Packers going into this building with that crowd, with that Minnesota defense and and what one or one or two turnovers can do for Minnesota's defense and what that's going to do to the crowd. The Packers just cannot go down that road right. and expect to win this football yeah, game. Yeah,
1: and and that is, especially in that environment, because in any other road, you, know, you can't lose one or two points in the turnover differential and expect to win on the road. You're going to need things to go your way in different areas for that yeah. to play out. But in that stadium, a place where the Vikings are undefeated this year, I don't know their exact record over the last three seasons when they're in that house, but it is difficult to beat them. And even when teams look like they've had the upper hand, they just haven't been able to finish it. So I think when you go from the first game of the year with Green Bay to where they need to be at in this second matchup with Minnesota, they got off to that first start they wanted, that first quarter they wanted, but what does it look like in quarters two? What does it look like after halftime? Yeah, You're going to have to keep that up. It is impossible to play a, a, a complete 60-minute performance. There's always going to be something in there you're going to want back. The game is just too many plays and there's too many variables.
0: Especially when you're on the road.
1: But if you end up coming out and having a good start and you come out at halftime strong and you protect the football, that's the recipe. It's, it's, it it's isn't a secret what you have to do to beat the Vikings. It's just the amount of perfection that you have to achieve to do it. Is That's really the challenge.
0: Yeah, and we talked about a bunch of the key matchups and whatnot in this game on yesterday's show. But the other thing that that really is interesting about this, because as we talked about last week, it had been a long time since a Packers-Bears game at Lambeau Field had such high stakes for both teams. It's frankly been a while since a Packers-Vikings game anywhere had stakes this high. Now, I know in 2015, which was only four years ago, the Vikings were coming to Lambeau Field in the regular season finale, and the NFC North title was on the line. But the Vikings and the Packers were both already in the playoffs. Right. And neither team had a shot at a first round bye. It was really just who's going to host a playoff game and who's going to be on the road for the playoffs. The Packers lost the game, went to Washington. The Vikings ended up hosting the Seahawks. This game, the Packers can clinch the division with a win. They can keep themselves on track to get a number, at least a number two seed and a first round bye. Meanwhile, the Vikings are looking to clinch a playoff spot with a win. Now there's a chance they could get into the playoffs if on Saturday night, if the Rams lose yes. to the 49ers, the Vikings would already be in the playoffs before Monday night. But of course, they're still looking at, what they would still be looking at wanting to win the division, take the division from Green Bay by uh, by winning the last two games and seeing the Packers lose the last two games. So this is this is a, a as good, as high stakes a Packers-Vikings rivalry game as we've seen in quite a while.
1: It is, yeah. And I, I go back to – and. It, <laughs> they knew they were in the playoffs I mean like you go back to 2012 even when they were at the the yeah
0: 2012 was definitely big because the Vikings that was at the Metrodome the Vikings needed to win to get into the playoffs the Packers were the Packers were in the playoffs and were the division champs but were looking to win to get a first round bye. so there was a lot on the line for both teams (laughs) Adrian Peterson had the big monster game as he was chasing the the single season rushing record. he was he was at 190 yeah it was 190 something that he he ended up like seven or eight yards short of the record, I think it was. I think it was two, um, yeah, right. Um, yeah. And uh, um, yeah, so the Vi- the Vikings got in the playoffs. The Packers ended up having to play in the first round, which ended up being against the Vikings. And then Christian Ponder didn't play, and Joe Webb was the quarterback. And the Viking season ended at Lambeau Field the
1: following week. But it's funny too because the Packers then had to go on the road to San Francisco. Yes. We all know that story very well. Right. So San
0: Francisco got the bye instead of Green Bay right. is essentially what happened. The Vikings got the last playoff spot instead of the Bears, and that result at the Metrodome really just changed the whole course to the the nfc playoffs it
1: did year. and it caused me to do a uh, midnight overnight drive back to green bay wisconsin because we had availability at 7 30 in the morning the next day <laughs> that's right boy that was that was an interesting time but because of the packers played on saturday but so all these things stitched together though it shows you what the stakes are and in the original point that you presented this is this is the highest stakes game between these two teams in some time and it's funny that no matter what happens in this league where the Packers, they went down for two years, Minnesota was out of the playoffs last year. The cream really does always rise back to the top. And I think when you look at not only Green Bay, but also Minnesota during the Mike Zimmer era, these have been two of the more consistent teams in the NFL. So to see them square off here with these kind of stakes, uh, it, it is, it's, it's, I think it's a real testament to how those, both of those teams have sort of pulled themselves back up, fought through adversity. And now we're on the precipices again here of the playoffs. But Minnesota you can tell Mike and I'm sure Mike Zimmer's message all week long has been to his guys what's at stake what we have to do to achieve it doesn't matter who's out there this is our house we have to protect it so uh, for Green Bay that is the uphill back climb that they face going into that venue
0: yeah and just interesting how this season is ending schedule wise with the Packers playing back-to-back division games on the road here in week 16 and 17 the Vikings playing back to back division games at home to end the regular season um, Packers have you know that leg up right now but uh they need to win in in order to uh in order to keep that and they
1: want to make a statement i mean that's the one thing i've been writing in inbox all week and and it's one thing you and i have been talking about you want to make a statement as much as minnesota i think needs a marquee win i think green bay to feel good about the wins over the giants in washington and chicago they need a win over a winning football team a good football team to show them okay what happened last month against San Francisco that's an anomaly we're going to press yeah. forward we're going to be a contender
0: well that and and that's the thing Wes you and I both know nobody's oblivious to the fact that the the outside 1265 narrative on this Packers team is the analyst looking at what happened in San Francisco what happened you know in LA against the Chargers yeah. that when this Packers team goes on the road they're they're a different team they don't live up to you know what everybody thinks they could be or should be and and the packers are being looked at as as not as strong a contender frankly as the 49ers and the Seahawks and the Saints for all the national analysts that are looking at it you completely change that narrative if you go into US Bank Stadium on Monday night and pull out a victory, every the and not that not that anybody inside this building, not right. that anybody in that Packers locker room or in the coaches' offices on third floor above us care at all about what the national, the outside right. narrative is. I'm not saying that, that you know, they they, they they couldn't care less about it. But it will change dramatically and swiftly if the Packers go into Minneapolis and get a win.
1: Yeah, and I, I liken it a lot to what happened in 2014 with the Patriots. The Patriots came to Lambeau Field. Things didn't go well for them. It was a really competitive football game, but they lost. Right. And after that game, they went on a four- or five-game winning streak to finish the regular season, and then they just went all the way to the Super Bowl and won the darn thing. So there is a lot to be said. I don't care what the opponent is. I don't care what the record is. If you find a way to get yourself on a four- or five-game winning streak to end a regular season – I can think of no better way to propel yourself into a postseason run. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, looking at some of the other games here that impact the NFC playoff picture, I already mentioned the Rams and the 49ers are playing on Saturday night. Packers fans, Vikings fans will be on opposite sides there because (laughs) the Vikings will be hoping that the Rams lose because that gets them into the playoffs. The Packers hoping that the Rams can win and stay alive and hand the 49ers another loss, which will which would help the Packers in their quest, potentially for a first-round bye. Then you look at Sunday's games. The New Orleans Saints are on the road at the Tennessee Titans, <clears throat> and then the other one is the Seattle Seahawks. Are they at home or on the road? They They're at home. are. They're at home against the Cardinals. Yeah, at home. They're at home against the Cardinals. So, Packers fans hoping that uh, the Seahawks potentially get another loss tagged on them if uh, the Cardinals have something left. Um, As far as the Saints going to Tennessee, I've been, you know, how I parse through all these different playoff things or whatever. I honestly can't really figure out a realistic scenario where the Saints Titans game even matters because it's against an AFC opponent. Sure. What I mean is, if the Saints were to lose, it doesn't really afford the Packers the opportunity to lose and then still win the division against the Lions and get the first round by. They would, because the Saints are playing an AFC opponent in this one, Yeah, if they were to lose and the Packers were to lose, the tiebreaker thing gets all changed around and the Packers would still need the Saints to lose to the Panthers the following week in order to get the first round by. So yeah, sure cheer for the titans and and you know if you don't want the saints to win but honestly i just don't think that game really matters in in the big picture just the way the schedule fell
1: yeah it probably doesn't cuz the packers still have to win their games to be able to keep that lead ahead of the saints but you know <laughs> Who doesn't like to see a nice little Saints loss your division yeah. or your conference team? They are, going on, they are
0: going on the road against a team that's fighting for a lot because Tennessee is right in the picture in uh, in the AFC, and and the Saints have had some issues on the road. This yeah,
1: year. and this is actually a really good test. I love Mike Frable's defense. I think that's a really good unit. I think that's been the strength. That's been what they've carried their hat on this season is is what exactly they've done so far and being able to you know win these games a lot of times with what they do on the yeah. defensive side of the ball. And the, so, and the
0: resurrection of Ryan Tannehill at, at quarterback. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And and Tannehill playing mistake-free football and that allowing them to win some ballgames. So yeah, you're right though. They still have a lot to play for as they try to make a chase here. And Vrabel obviously trying to put his own system in place. So if you can take out the Saints, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. But yeah, that is a tough task and certainly a a challenge there for for Tennessee. Yeah.
0: Before we go, one I want to get your opinion on. It has absolutely nothing to do with the Packers, but... Buffalo Bills versus New England Patriots. What do you think?
1: Yeah, interesting, right? I think
0: it's I think it's really interesting yeah. because the, the Patriots have not exactly looked like the Patriots. And, uh, and Buffalo's um,
1: defense is really good. Yeah. So uh, Patriots' defense is exemplary. That's one of the reasons that they are where they are. But it's funny how much the sentiment has changed from the first time these teams played each other. Because if you go back early in the season, that was the only winning team that the Patriots had played. They handled them fine. Uh, and they just went about their way. Buffalos starting to feel a little bit better about itself and the Patriots have kind of gone through this midseason lull this this mid to late season lull so seeing how they bounce from back from it is going to be interesting and, and certainly uh, with Josh Allen,
0: Buffalo's had, Buffalo's chalked them. up some nice road wins this year. I mean, everybody saw obviously on Thanksgiving they won at Dallas, but Buffalo has also won at Tennessee and yeah. they won at Pittsburgh in a primetime game last week. So uh, now they go uh, they go into Foxborough trying to even up that season series against the Patriots. I also do have to ask though NFC East.
1: I was waiting for that Cowboys.
0: One. Cowboys. Uh, I almost I almost forgot about it I again because it doesn't. It just doesn't affect the Packers. I'm sure. When we get to our hotel Saturday afternoon in Mini, or I'm sorry, Sunday afternoon in Minneapolis, we'll all be uh, turning on our TVs to watch this. Or we won't be. We'll, we'll
1: see. Yeah. I, I don't know how much I want to put my eyeballs through that, but we'll, we'll see exactly how. Oh, this come looks.
0: on! It's. It's. I think it's going to be an interesting game, though. It
1: could be very interesting, but it's kind of like you know, like you remember all those old wrestling posters when you were a kid, <laughs> or, or maybe <laughs> boxing, where they'd have like the big marquee matchup, and they'd have like a big phrase yeah. on the bottom that makes you want to buy the pay per view order. Yeah. For the Dallas Cowboys eagles mine would be who wants it yeah that'd be like right on the bottom of it like who who wants this yeah. thing? uh yeah. hey all the jokes aside dallas i thought that was a gut check moment for them last week
0: big they big win to come through big win for the cowboys and looked impressive doing it
1: because kind of like the the new orleans saints thing that you were outlying as far as it relates to the packers if the cowboys lose that game to the rams does it really matter maybe not because you can come right back and be philly But, man, good luck beating the Eagles. No matter how banged up they are, it's going to be difficult to beat that team if you don't have something to feel good about. The Cowboys were able to do that. They handled a better-than-average Rams team at home, and here they are now going into Lincoln Financial and seeing if they can hold on to this this division.
0: Yeah, the Cowboys can clinch the division with a win. If they lose, then the division comes down to Week 17, and the Cowboys and Eagles are playing the Giants and the Redskins. I'm not sure who has whom, but...
1: Uh, Carson Wentz, though. i got to give it up to Carson Wentz. He's, sometimes we talk about 2015 with Aaron Rodgers with how banged up everything got, and it was like, okay, the offense just had to be Aaron Rodgers and making it work with all these pieces. That's where Carson Wentz is at right now. Last week, throwing for 330-some yards or whatever it was without having really any of his starting receivers <laughs> yeah. and being down all that personnel. They're way
0: deep in their depth chart at, he, at uh, the skill position.
1: He is pulling them in this playoff run here to try and, you know, make something out of what has been a really, you know, season full of a lot of adversity. Yeah,
0: I think it could be a really interesting atmosphere at Lincoln Financial in Philadelphia with uh, the Cowboys coming to town and what's at stake. But should be a fun weekend of football heading into the big showdown Monday night. With that, we will call it a wrap on this edition and this week of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team and all the coverage of the big game on Monday Night Football from Minneapolis. Subscribe to us, like us on iTunes and other podcast services, and check out the Packers' YouTube channel, for all kinds of video content. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time.